This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, and today's topic is the five years before retirement. With me today, I have Amy McFarlane. Good morning, Mary. Good morning. Now, for all you listeners out there who've been with us for a while, I have a announcement to make, <laughs> and that this is actually going to be Amy's last show with us. Official one. Last official show. <laughs> Mary's promised me I can do cameos. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. Hopefully you'll be back. But the reason for that, and the reason that we're doing the topic of the show of the five years before retirement has to do with the, you know Amy not being with us any longer. So um, as a lot of you may have heard probably about 5,000 times from us, <laughs> yeah. one of our core messages at Stirk Financial is that it's very, very important to align the money you have with the life that you want to lead. And there is no more important time to do that than leading up to and then into your own retirement. Right, And that very message prompted Amy to really look forward at the next five years of her life mm -hmm. and what she wanted her own retirement to look like. And she realized that her job here at Stirk Financial, which is very active in a lot of <laughs> evenings and weekend work and things like that and being out and about, wasn't really something that could transition easily towards a soft landing in retirement. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Mary, not, you, put, you have such a way with words. <laughs> it's not conducive to easing into part-time no. work and things like that. So right. share a little bit about that. Amy. Yeah. So Mary, actually, I say the eureka moment was when we were on the air or one time and you said to me, so Amy, when are you going to retire? And I had like the panic because I, I don't know. <laughs> and I am going to be, well, I am 58. So... I thought, huh, five years out puts me at 63, 64-ish in there. And I thought, you know, I would like to transition to something more part-time at that time. Mm -hmm. And the answer, the only answer I came up with was returning to uh, what I used to do, which is headhunting or executive recruiting, they call it sure. now. And, and because, as I understand, yeah. that kind of job once you build up some clientele, right. you really can ease back to work the number of hours you yeah. want. And it's a little more daylight hours yes. than jammies, your current job. Yes. Jammies at the kitchen table with a phone. <laughs> that is and not that's, the way this job would work. And that is not going to work at Stirk Financial. <laughs> no, I don't really think it is. That's true. So I don't know that I want to be done working full-time in five years, but I want to have the option. I want to be able to align, you know, what uh, my life that I want with the retirement life I want to lead. And so I realized I got to get back into this, establish my connections. So um, I worked out something nicely and I'm going to help a company and they're going to help me and we're going to get this back up and going. And this is more national, Mary. So, sure. And um, the company yeah. just happens to be owned by a very good friend of mine. Yeah. <laughs> so oh yeah, there was that component. <laughs> So we are very, very sorry to see Amy leave Stirk Financial, but we absolutely applaud her decision to move forward and be aligning her life this way. It it beautifully aligns with the message that yes. we have. Well, and I so think, yes. We certainly wish you well. Well, thank you, Mary. And you've been very supportive <laughs> about it. And, you know, number one, it's not easy to leave something you love doing. I'm comfortable. I've been here six years, and it's just been the best six years of my life. It's been the best career I've ever had and well, thank you. yeah and 
but yet, so it's very difficult to say, I got to look in my crystal ball yeah, because all forward, of us know right? it is hard to look at your retirement picture and just think about retiring because I still think I'm young at heart, and but it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to imagine there is going to come a time where I'm going to say, you know, I don't want to work as hard as I do. I don't, you know, I want to. Sure. And I think a lot of people face yeah. that. That's yeah. part of the emotional readiness of preparing for retirement. And it was you. <laughs> that is your message. One of the clients said, I talked I, you right into leaving the company. How about that? One of the clients that I called, she said, well, Mary has no one to, to blame but herself for this. <laughs> she said her message has always been align yourself with the life you want to lead. Yes, yes, absolutely. Align your money. Your align. money is the yes. tool to do yeah. that. So for today, we want to talk about what are four main things that you can do during the five years before retirement that yes. really help you get yourself set up for your retirement to be the most successful possible for you. Right. And everybody's is going to be a little bit different. But I know one of the major issues that people face and have to start thinking about as they lean into that five-year period before retirement really is figuring out what to do with their health care. Right. And I know that you and I talked about that with Mm -hmm. your own health care. And, you know, most people have a spouse that's not the exact same age as them. Correct. And so they have to kind of figure out their health care issues and timing and things like that a little bit separately, I guess. That's right. Yeah. With me having a husband six years younger, Mm -hmm. um, I realized shoot, when I'm in my 60s, um, health, you know, we will have health insurance, which we still have through him. So that's a big component to think yeah, about. Amy, I mean, this is like one of the downsides of robbing the cradle. Right. Like you, <laughs> <laughs> you have to take care of their health care later in life for longer. <laughs> oh, the ball and chain. <laughs> Sorry, Steve. <laughs> So, all right. So when you think about the, in terms of healthcare for retirement, the main thing that I want to say is Medicare is a complex system. And we've talked about Medicare kind of extensively on past shows. So if anybody's wanting to really dig into the whole Medicare um, topic, there are past shows on our podcast channel on iTunes or on our website um, that you can go out and listen to. But in a nutshell, there's four main components to the Medicare puzzle. Mm -hmm. There's four pieces of this. Two of them are actually run by the government, and two of them are run by private insurance companies, but the benefits are mandated by the government. Yes. So it's kind of a tricky system with a lot of moving parts. Mm -hmm. So traditional Medicare, there's part A and part B, and those are the two pieces that are taken care of by the government. And so what Part A covers basically is the hospitals, the skilled care needs that somebody has in hospice. And Part B is about the doctors and about outpatient care. Right. Okay. So when you hit 65, Mm -hmm. you should be eligible for Medicare. And Part A is something you start right away when you become 65. And Part B, you start either at 65 or whenever you're ready to disengage with the actual company's plan that you're working with if you work beyond that time. Okay. Now, Part A does not have a cost. And Part B does have a cost. And typically, the cost is around $130 a month per person. All right. Okay. 
And but part A, um, you still have to sign up for this regardless. Or right. Is it part, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You. It's not just an automatic. Mm-hmm. You do have to go into usually the Social Security office is where you go sign up for it. They handle Medicare and Social Security at most of the Social Security offices. Okay. So now here's the thing with Part B, and this is where it gets really interesting. So for you people listening out there who have a higher level of income and intend to have a higher level of income. Once you hit retirement, then the Part B being around $130 a month is not likely to be your number. Mm -hmm. There is a fantastic and fun little-known loophole in the Medicare system that allows Medicare to charge high-income Medicare beneficiaries a higher rate for it. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. So thank you, Medicare, <laughs> yes. for that. Yes. So if you have, if you are an individual and your income as a single person is um, $85,000, um, or if you hit $170,000 as a married couple, you just pay the standard premium, which right. is about one hundred and thirty-ish dollars. Okay, that's good okay. to add those numbers to that mix, Mary. Okay, yeah. but when you cross eighty-five thousand as a single person, and you cross one hundred and seventy thousand as a married couple, your Medicare Part B costs start getting this extra premium added, mm-hmm. and it tears up. Like the first tier, it adds fifty-three dollars and fifty cents a month per person. But depending on your income, it can go all the way up to add an additional $294 a month to your premium. Does this max? So that's the max out. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's the max. So if you're single and your income in retirement, once you're in Medicare, is above $214,000, you're going to hit that max number of an additional $294 a month. And if you're married and your income's above $428,000, you're also going to hit that max out. Okay. So those are, those are, you know, good sized numbers of income, but I know we have a lot of listeners that are in those ranges. And so beware your part B, I guess we can call it a penalty (laughs) for being a high income earner in your retirement. Yeah. And I would say that that's probably the most little known piece of Medicare paraphernalia mm-hmm. that people don't realize is out yes. there. In fact, I know you have someone coming in this week and they just found out what theirs is yes. going to be. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And, and and they had that issue. I said, well, you make too much. She goes, oh. I know. What a great oh, problem. I thought it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, and you can call in and find that out or go online and find yes. this out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing that people also don't know is sometimes you'll have a spike in your income or you'll have a drop in your income. So let's say you were married and you are in that place where you had this high income. And then during your retirement years, let's say you got divorced. Okay. Or you were working into your retirement years after you were getting Medicare and then you stopped working. Mm-hmm. So what happens is Medicare basically looks at your tax returns for the prior year and they say, well, you were this high-income person for the next year to two years, they're going to charge you this elevated premium. But if you have what's called a life-changing event, like you stopped working or you got married or you got divorced or your spouse died or you reduced your work 
or you lost a pension that you had or something Mm -hmm. like that, there is a form called SSA-44. And you can fill out this SSA-44 form and submit it. And then instead of that high income penalty lasting for a year or two, you actually are applying for that premium to get taken down back to the normal based on the fact that you've lost income with this life-changing event. So it would be good then for me to go to part-time before I start taking (laughs) Yes, it would be. (laughs) Your plan is going to work, Amy. (laughs) Fingers crossed. So that Mary, I you are right. That is a little known piece of it that I don't think a lot of that people find out the hard way. They do find it out the hard way. Now, the rest of Medicare is is the private side and getting the supplement and then the Part D prescription drug lined up. And so those things you do have to visit with a health insurance agent about. And the Medicare supplement plan and the Part D are both mandated by the government in terms of what the benefits are. And the Medicare supplement can cost anywhere maybe between $125 to $150 a month per person. And Part D, that's all over the board in terms of cost. And by the way, there's also a high income penalty now on Part D. So that's something that can reach out and bite you a little bit too. It's on Part B and Part D now. Yes. And in fact, that's what one of your clients commented was when we looked at the big picture, all pieces of it. Yes, Um, exactly. So that kind of gives you a little bit of an update about how Medicare is going to work in your retirement years and figuring some of this out in the five years leading up to retirement is really a crucial part of your planning. Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, and today we're talking about the five years leading up to retirement. So we talked about figuring out some of the main health insurance components and the complexity of Medicare and the high-income beneficiary issue. And by the way, if you'd like to have a copy of the guide for higher-income beneficiaries, you can just reach Mm -hmm. out to us at Stirk Financial or go to our website. We'd be happy to send that to you. Um, The second thing that you really need to pay attention to during the five years leading up to retirement is determining your best Social Security strategy. Now, we've done entire seminars about Social Security, so in the next 30 seconds, I'm only going to (laughs) be able to impart so much to you. But the truth is there's over 600 combinations of ways that a married couple can choose to take their Social Security, and it's not something that the Social Security office will give you advice on. Sure. So you really want to pay attention to when do you want to start it? How do you maximize it? And is there any way to maximize one spouse's in order to do something different with the others? Right. So those are some of the ways that you want to look at Social Security. And you also want to know that going in and visiting with Social Security at least three months before you want to start it is the strongest game plan. Yes, yes. And Mary, in your seminars, that's you get so many questions on that. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like mm-hmm. stump the speaker. <laughs> <laughs> and they do sometimes because there's so many ways to do it. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. The next thing that you really want to pay attention to in the five years leading up to retirement is figuring out how you turn the investments that you've built up into something that creates income for you during retirement. Mm -hmm. So I will share with you, there are very different strategies for building wealth 
than there are for turning wealth into an income stream. Okay. And figuring out what money to use and when to use it during retirement, which order to use the different accounts you have, there is an art to that. Okay. And it comes down to what the taxes are that are embedded in it and what risk levels you want to have embedded in and what other income sources you have. So there's a significant layer of complexity to figuring out how to turn your investments into income. Okay. Now, the best strategy that I believe is out there is called the bucket plan strategy, and that's the one that we subscribe to at Sterk Financial. Yes. So if you want to hear more about that, just (laughs) give us a call. But it is designed specifically to help people choose the right investments to turn into income at the most effective time during their retirement. Right, right, yeah. All right, so the last thing that I want to talk about during that five years leading up to retirement really is taking the appropriate steps to become emotionally ready for retirement. Okay. And uh, you're probably dealing with a lot of this right now. Yeah, I know, (laughs) just thinking ahead, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like how do I not, how do I stay off dementia? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good idea to try to do, right? And that's my assisted living background, you know, entering in there. (laughs) So when you think about emotional readiness for retirement, and Amy, you've done such a great job of, of doing this, is that you have to think about not only how do you want to spend your time, mm-hmm. but we have to align your money right. with how you want to spend that time. Right. Which is exactly what's prompted you towards making this life changing yes, decision. Yes, right. Yes, yes. So. And, well, Mary, I have something that I brought for you that I would like you to open. It's wrapped. And <laughs> I'm opening I thought, it on air. And for, if, <laughs> for any of you that have not, you know, that joined us this second half, I this is going to be my last broadcast with Mary until some, I'll be a mystery guest sometime. <laughs> but this is for you, and it has oh, to do with everything we talk about. I was out at Empty Nest, and I saw this, and it made me laugh. Okay, so. what do we have here? <laughs> <laughs> This is a sign that says, the best time to start thinking about retirement is before your boss does. (laughs) And I have to tell you, I brought it home and Steve said, oh, that'd be a good topic for one of your radio shows. (laughs) I think you could read this a lot of different ways. Isn't that true? Yeah, but it just, it makes me laugh. The best time to start thinking about retirement is before your boss does. Well, thank you, Amy. You're welcome, Mary. Think of me every time you look at it. Oh, I certainly will. I certainly will. Well, I don't know if a lot of you listeners know this, but um, when we had the idea to put together this radio show, it was my idea and I wanted to create something like this. But Amy was really instrumental in putting the pieces together for the show to actually take off. And we've touched tens of thousands of listeners over the last two years with it. So Amy, thank you so much for being an important guest on our show and having a lot of fun with me when we've been on here. Yes, you're welcome. And as we joke, I, most listeners know, I, well, legally, I cannot talk about financial things, even if I knew something. (laughs) But I'm kind of your Ed McMahon, you know, you You are correct. (laughs) Yes, sir. But yeah, and it's and and I want to thank Dave Grossenheider because he's the one who here at KSCJ who said yes. Let's let's figure out what we can do with this show. And, Fantastic. And Justin, JB. Well, we certainly wish you well as thank you're you. moving into your five years before retirement. Thank you. And we hope that this show focusing on healthcare and social security and turning your investments into income and taking the steps to become emotionally ready for retirement 
We hope that gives you some seeds for thought so that the five years before your retirement tee you up to have the most successful retirement possible. So thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Insurance offered through Sturk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial. Sturk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dunes, South Dakota 57049, and can be reached at 605-217-3555.